This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. That's the point of this program. It is Thanksgiving weekend, but we're still here doing live programming, unlike a lot of the talk radio business. I want to talk to you about anything that's on your mind, though. We're going to start things out tonight with a special guest, someone who... Really, it's been too long since we've had her on the show. Uh, Jody Emery is with us from Cannabis Culture and Freemark.ca. Uh, Jody, you are. Where are you tonight, by the way? Well, I'm at home in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Excellent. Uh, so, always nice to have you on the program. For our listeners that don't know you, maybe they they haven't listened uh, for long enough to uh, to hear the last time you were on the show. You are the wonderful activist, super activist wife of uh, Mark Emery, who himself is also a super activist. Uh, so much of a super activist that he managed to get himself uh, taken away from his freedom, as many of us activist types uh, that happens to us. I actually spent a few a uh, few days in jail, fifty eight of them this year myself, which of course is completely different from federal prison, where Mark is uh, in a five year stint for the horrible, terrible, dastardly crime of selling seeds on the internet. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um... Mark was taken out of Canada uh, to the United States, even though he had never left Canada. And people can find out more about the details of who he is, what he did, why he did it, and what happened to him by going to freemark.ca, and that's Mark with a C, or cannabisculture.com. He's he's one of my heroes. I mean, this is a guy who, for a long time, has been kind of out and in support of ending not just the war on uh, cannabis, but the war on all drugs. And he's a really freedom-oriented guy. Uh, for our listeners that don't know, he supported Ron Paul back in 2008. I'm sure he, he's doing the same thing this year. Is, is that the case? Oh, absolutely. Mark and I are 100% behind Ron Paul for president. And uh, it's good to see an old image I used to put around in the last election still being used to promote it. Um, a little catchphrase I came up with, uh, Liberty turns me on, vote for Ron Paul, it's a <laughs> bikini centerfold type shot. But, uh, oh yeah, I saw that. That was before. And, and excuse my raspy voice today, I was out protesting against our Prime Minister yesterday and getting uh, all over the news with that, so... Um, got my activist voice tired out here, so that's why I'm a bit raspy. <laughs> you know, I think uh, Mark Mark's case brings up uh, a really interesting um, area of government growth, the inevitable growth of government, because whenever a government's around, it either grows or dies. And, you know, in his case, he never he, he hadn't left Canada. He wasn't selling seeds in the United States. He was doing something that was, if not legal, at the very least ignored by the Canadian government. They knew what he was doing. You know, he was doing all kinds of uh, uh, smoke out protests. He was in even Canada. paying taxes to the Canadian yeah, government. Absolutely. They were collecting his taxes on it. And the United States government demanded his head, even though he'd never committed a crime. And this is about sovereignty. And one wonders, um, you know, like, you know, how big and how intrusive is the United States government going to get if it's willing to go and pluck somebody out of a sovereign country for doing stuff it didn't like, essentially? Absolutely. And, you know, the crime that they accused him of, which was selling the seeds, the seeds of freedom to overgrow the government, as he always said, uh, his real crime, as admitted by the DEA in their press release, was that he was the leader of a legalization movement and gave money away to legalization activists in the United States and Canada and around the world. So it was a speech crime. 
Yeah, and the purpose of the seed sales was to generate money, and Mark gave over $4 million away to mm. activist groups, lobbyists, court cases, suing the federal government, rallies, protests, so many ballot initiatives. There are people using medical marijuana legally today in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Nevada, Alaska. He gave money to all these people in all these places, and more importantly, even gave them the seeds. So the overgrowing has been done. We've seen California and many different U.S. states uh, just become so huge in the past few years. Mark was selling seeds from 1994 to 2005, and in that time, the U.S. was still very far backwards uh, from where it is today, and he used millions of seeds and millions of dollars to make the change that we see today, and he's serving prison time for it. And that's that's why they're upset, because he spoke out, uh, because there are plenty of people that are selling seeds on the internet, and the DEA isn't hunting them down like they hunted down uh, Mark Emery. Yeah, you can still buy seeds on the internet. That's, it doesn't seem to have been really the uh, the high crime. The high crime seems to have been attempting to undo the war on drugs, and specifically the war on cannabis. Yes, as the press release says, and people can actually go to freemark.ca and see the original document, and it says that it's a significant blow to the marijuana legalization movement, his arrest. The Mm. press release doesn't even mention seeds once, (laughs) so it tells you straight up what it was all about, legalization, marijuana magazine, activism, it's made very clear. You know, it uh, kind of reminds me of another uh, activist friend of ours who is also facing federal prison time. Uh, this one is facing something like 25 years. Uh, it's Bernard, Bernard von Nothaus. He's the uh, the founder of the Liberty Dollar. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I've heard of the Liberty Dollar, but not of this recent news. They can, well, it's uh, it's a little old at this point, just because the court system just churns so slowly. But back in 2007, they raided his home office in Indiana, raided the the vault in which he had all of his gold and silver stored, and basically took all you know millions of dollars worth of gold and silver from him. Shut down his business, uh, you know, arrested some of his employees while they were at it. They held one of them, uh, Kevin Innes, who is actually from Canada, uh, held him in an immigration jail for over two years before dropping the charge uh, before dropping his charges uh, bernard w- ended up being found guilty of so-called counterfeiting even though what he was making was essentially an outreach piece i mean it had a website on it it had a phone number on it and the idea was to get people you know get their attention uh, to real money like silver and gold and that was what the liberty dollar was for but it became so successful it was the most successful alternative currency in the united states that they targeted him and they took him out and now he's been found guilty of a jury of his so-called peers and is awaiting sentencing and he's he's in his late 60s i mean at least mark's going to be able to get out and have have a life waiting for him bernard von nothaus is he's got a, essentially a death sense, uh, sentence coming to him i mean it's again the same thing where they find somebody that has a political message that is threatening to the status quo and they they take him out it's sick Absolutely. The U.S. government is doing that every day. They're going after activists of all causes. I mean, even this homegrown terrorism discussion they're having, you know, there's a bill I saw at the ACLU website. There's a bill that was passed secretly in the Senate to allow the U.S. government to arrest and detain indefinitely any citizen from any country anywhere around the world. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't believe this is true, but the U.S. government, as we know, under Obama, has certainly become even worse than it was under Bush. Well, that's certainly um, what we've seen over time, is each president kind of expands the executive power, and then they pass on all that power to whoever comes next, and they expand it. And so, you know, Bush was worse than Clinton, Obama's worse than Bush, and whoever comes next, yeah. you know, if it's not Ron Paul, is probably going to be uh, worse than, you know, Obama. Uh, so. Yeah. So let, let's let's get a couple important points out because I'd I'd like to have you on for the whole hour if that's uh, if that's possible. Oh sure. I mean, presuming we get enough uh, interest, people want to call and talk to you at eight five five four fifty three. If you've got a question for Jody Emery, she is with us here and just an incredible uh, activist for 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 change and and freedom and obviously uh want to talk a little bit more about what's happening with mark as well because he's been sitting in a jail cell uh prison cell federal prison now for has it been over two years well he was extradited on may 10th uh, 2010 so uh, he has his early release date set for july 9th 2014 that's 85 percent of a five-year sentence for good behavior so well over a year and a half uh, behind federal prison bars at this point. And one of the most insulting things is that they had him initially in the SeaTac prison in Seattle, pretty much right across uh, the border from where you live over in Vancouver. And then they just decided to make life more difficult on Jody. We're going to move Mark down to, I believe, Georgia? Yes, he was sent there. And then now to Mississippi, where he's... Uh, in a medium security prison right now. Let's come back and talk about what's going on with Mark, uh, what his circumstances are like there in federal prison. And, of course, if you've got a question for Jody Emery, she's with us here, 855-450-FREE. Take control. It's Free Talk Live. The new Ruger LC9 Centerfire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol designed for discreet carry, is also a full-power, no-compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com slash LC9 to learn more. You can take control of these airwaves and dial in toll-free, though if you've got a question for Jody Emery, your call will be given priority at the moment here. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the number here, 1-855-450-3733. We'll continue with Jody in a moment. Get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. Do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's libertystickers.com. As a matter of fact, they actually make it available to you, whether you have a a flea market stall or a retail outlet. You can get them in bulk. Um, Or they make uh, stickers for your band, business, or church. Libertystickers.com. Mark Emery is a heroic activist, one of my heroes, who has been standing up for the ideas of freedom and specifically ending the insane war on drugs, focusing on cannabis. He was a publisher of Cannabis Culture magazine, uh, which was available on many newsstands. Of course, magazines having a, a tough time these days. They decided to stop publishing it in print, but of course, it's still online, uh, much like the uh, what's that, Christian Science Monitor also yep. stopped doing print. Uh, so CannabisCulture.com is, uh, is still a great site to go to to get information about the cannabis legalization movement. We've got Jody Emery on the line with us here. Uh, she is just a super activist as well, the uh, the lovely wife of Mark Emery. He's in jail, in prison actually, federal prison, in the United States for a five-year prison sentence was sent in early in uh, 2010 after being extradited from Canada in just an insane uh, process. 
And then they decided to move Mark down south. They had him in SeaTac prison in Seattle, right across the border from Jody. Uh, she's in Vancouver. And then they just decided just to make life more difficult for Jody, uh, you know, make her travel a lot farther. And you know, if she wants to see her her, her husband uh, in prison. So ne- then they took him down to Georgia. He's now in. Did you say it was Kentucky, uh, Jody? No, he uh, was sent to Nevada for a bit and then Georgia, and now he's in Mississippi. Mississippi, okay. So he's in Mississippi, still down as about as far south as you can possibly go, uh, in a medium-security prison. He was originally in a max, I think, because SeaTac was a max, if I'm recalling correctly. So how yeah, has- SeaTac is uh, before trial, so everybody is treated the same because they're not guilty of a crime yet. We're not sentenced uh, as guilty of a crime, so that's maximum for pretrial. It always is. But he was sent to a private prison down in Georgia, which was really horrific, um, mm. terribly run. And he was blogging about it, which you can read at freemark.ca and cannabisculture.com. And after complaining about it and getting the attention of the Federal Bureau of Prisons and the Justice Department and Geo Group, the private prison company, they decided to ship him out of there and send him to a medium security federal facility where it's actually a lot better than the private prison was. So how does how has the circumstances changed? What uh, what's what's better? But one for, run one to the next. Well, in low security prisons and in private prisons, which are mostly illegal immigrants and, uh, and foreigners, Mark's a, a Canadian, so it was mostly foreigners. Um, they're housed in dorm housing, so those are big warehouses with about 60 men in one room and bunk beds all throughout the room. So uh, disease spreads rampant in there. Oh, Mark God. contracted MRSA, the superbug infection, in Jeez. that facility. That's very uh, common, is, by the way, for people that uh, that, don't, that don't know that the, the jails, prisons, MRSA, is a, it's a skin infection, if I'm not mistaken, and it is very yeah. contagious. Dirty, dirty it's places. Actually, you can lose limbs and it can even kill people. It's in hospitals and anywhere where people are housed in close confines together. Um, so that's one of the drawbacks. They just had very poor food. They had no accountability, terribly run management. Uh, rights were being violated all the time. And Mark would do legal work for inmates and he would help rectify all the abuses that were taking place. And of course, they didn't really like that, you know, and they even held him in solitary confinement in Seattle before he was sentenced for bringing attention to bad things that were going on. So they, you know, they realize he's a loudmouth, but the best way to keep him quiet is to put him somewhere more comfortable. So the facility he's in now, they have improved food, they have uh, programs like music, he's taken up a bass guitar, so that's been able to give him something to keep him busy and keep him from just giving into despair. I mean, I don't know how these prisoners make it with 30 years sentences for nonviolent drug crimes. It's insane and tragic, the uh, people and the lives they've seen destroyed and, the, and what he sees inside, too. I know that I was on the, uh, as I mentioned, I was in jail for a little while, which is completely different from uh, from prison. But it's it's it is so tragic uh, meeting these guys on the inside and, and hearing their stories and just how you know life on the outside for them was tough already, and then of course it got worse after they got arrested and lost their job and their you know their girlfriend leaves them and they get out of jail and they have absolutely nothing left. And you know the sa- another sad aspect. 
aspect of this is the American public is forced to pay for this nonsense. It didn't work during Prohibition, and it's not going to work now. I mean, these are men that have never that have never been convicted of harming anyone for anything, and they're given, in some cases, decades to do over you know the transportation of a plant or the extract of a plant i mean this this it just doesn't make any sense and frankly the numbers of people doing drugs haven't diminished over time the same amount of folks are doing drugs it's just the united states continues to incarcerate more and more people the uh, the, the largest incarcerator on the planet and the numbers going up not going down the, the, you know the, the war on drugs is failing it it's it's actually it's doing what it's supposed it's to do it's succeeding in putting it's, bodies in jail and so. it's succeeding in extracting tax dollars from uh, from taxpayers and giving it to bureaucrats. And it creates also a new slave labor system mm. where you have a huge number of minorities in prisons and being forced to work. Did yep. you know 100% of military helmets, ammunition belts uh, are made and vests and all that are made by prisoners? Wow. I mean, Mark was asked if he wanted to work at the Unicor plant at the prison he's at. But that's a war machine facility, and he get, he said even if he gets better pay than the $18 a month he gets for doing rec work now, uh, he said he couldn't he couldn't go and do anything for the war machine. No but it's happening all across America. And, and even if you're a citizen who believes that criminals are all bad people that deserve to be in there, then your outrage should be directed at the fact that jobs are being taken away from the ordinary Americans out on the street trying to find work, but they can't compete when people are paying prisoners pennies to do the job instead. And they've just created an entire private prison slave labor force, and the private prison industry donates millions of dollars to government officials on the state level and federally in order to get laws enacted to put more people in prison. That's what these immigration laws are all about. Mm. It's seeing huge numbers of nonviolent people imprisoned to utilize their bodies for work that are cheap for big companies. Uh, And it's being introduced in Canada, unfortunately. We have a George Bush prime minister here who is uh, devastated our country in the next few years to come. It's really going to be bad and dark up here. Prison, the war on drugs. You got a question for Jody Emery. She's here with us at 855-450-FREE. Uh, more coming up here with Jody in a moment. Uh, she's also uh, doing her own show. I want to talk about that uh, as well on uh, YouTube, which is cool. The Jody Emery Show. And we'll get into that. Also, more about Mark, what's going on with him, how to get in touch with Mark, freemark.ca. The uh, address at the Mississippi prison is right there. Just scroll down the page a little bit. Free Mark, M-A-R-C dot C-A. More coming up with Jody Emery, 855-453-FREE. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. You can bring up absolutely anything you want. Although, if you've got a question for Jody Emery, she is with us here, and we'll take your calls for Jody prior to anyone else. Uh, and then, of course, the show will revert to its normal uh, way of being in hour number two. 855-450-FREE is the number here. We'll continue with Jody in a moment. If you're looking for camping hunting or shooting gear manventureoutpost.com carries knives ammunition scopes binoculars laser sights tactical flashlights fish finders and boating equipment manventureoutpost.com there's family owned and members in good standing of the better business bureau i went uh, shopping there not too long ago got some uh, stuff and i was really stunned by the the low prices some of the prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air you can get an additional five percent off with coupon code ftl Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. If you're into camping, hunting, or shooting, manventureoutpost.com is a place for you. All right. So uh, Jody Emery is with us here. She is one of the publishers of Cannabis Culture, Mag- what was formerly the magazine. I guess can you still call something a magazine if it's uh, if it's only online? I've I've seen that uh, being done. I don't. Do you guys ever? Do you guys still call it Cannabis Culture Magazine, or is it just CannabisCulture.com now? Well, people call it Cannabis Culture Magazine or just Cannabis Culture. I mean, we have the Cannabis Culture Headquarters store and our Cannabis Culture online store. Cannabis Culture News Live is a live show done every Friday on POT TV. And we have two other live shows each week as well, uh, From Under the Influence with Marijuana Man and uh, Open Mic with Opus. So we have uh, these shows at pot.tv. They stream live. Now, pot.tv uh, pot actually has been around like before YouTube, if I'm recalling correctly. Pot.tv has been doing, you, been doing yeah, content um, on the Internet TV for was, a long time. Yeah, it was uh, done when the Internet was first uh, capable of allowing for streaming video. Mark sank a quarter million dollars into this information source. So our archives of POT TV, you can still reach through a link at POT.TV, but they require older real player players to watch right. them uh, we're going to be working on bringing everything up to date but for now we have these live videos done through live stream and those are also posted at cannabisculture.com and we have our youtube channel which is youtube.com slash pot tv network and that's where my weekly show is posted and any other clips and videos that uh, we are able to produce on our limited uh, resources but we try and do as much as we can you do i mean you you guys crank out the content and is it how much more difficult is it though i mean obviously you know your husband mark is in a federal prison cell for selling seeds he's going to be in there for five years it's been a year and a half and you've been pretty much holding down the entire operation Uh, I mean, how much more work are you doing now that he has been uh, put away? Well, managing, you know, 20 employees and a massive retail store and an online news website that's the most popular marijuana news website on the Internet uh, and POT TV and trying to take care of Mark and keep in touch with him every day. And just doing any activism I can. Like I said, I was protesting with the leader of Canada, was here in town, and we're protesting this massive crime bill they're introducing and pushing through Parliament with their total majority power. Uh, So we have bad things happening up here, and there's never um, a lack of opportunity to get in the newspapers or talk to the press or hold an event. So we've been doing as much of that as we can 
And, uh, you know, it is tough without Mark, but thankfully I've got our cannabis culture editor, Jeremiah Vandermeer, is amazing. He produces, he runs the whole website. He's the only employee, really, of cannabis culture. We do have part-time helper, but uh, Jeremiah does it all, and he's Hmm. an amazing sidekick to me. So with every great organization, you've got to have great people. So I certainly wouldn't be able to do it without uh, my team who's behind me now. Jody, um, I, I have a question here. Now, Canada has recently instituted a new, um, you know, big government, conservative government there. But um, previously it was uh, much more liberal when Mark was running his business selling seeds all over the world, um, marijuana seeds. It was much more liberal. Was what he was doing legal or just ignored? Well, it was ignored, but there were also gray zones. For example, Mark was... Uh, very well recognized for doing a smoke out tour across Canada in uh, the summer of legalization 2003. The purpose of that was because courts had decided in a few different provinces, which are equal to your states, uh, that marijuana laws were not valid. So he decided to fly across the country smoking out, daring the police to arrest him so he could prove in court that the laws weren't valid. And he did get arrested in places, but he got the charges dropped because the laws were in flux. And Mark had also been arrested a number of times for selling seeds, but continued to do it again and again, defying those laws to try and get into court to prove the laws invalid. He had already done that with his life before marijuana activism. and he fought against censorship. He brought music and magazines and books into Canada that were illegal by opening his store on Sundays, which was also illegal. He has a wow. long career of civil disobedience, which people can actually watch in detail in a documentary called The Principle of Pot, which uh, should be linked to from the free Website. This is but new. I have not heard of this yet. The that, principle. that website is free M-A-R-C, Mark. Yeah, That's thank you. correct, Mark with a C. Now, wait, and the, you can also get to it through CannabisCulture.com. Tell me, tell me more about the principle of pot, because I know that Mark's been kind of called the Prince of Pot. That's kind of been his, uh, his handle for a while. And I know he's had a number of like, you know, major news organizations like 60 Minutes reporting on him and things like that. But is this a document? Tell me more about the principle of pot. Well, the, there's a movie called The Prince of Pot, which was done by our national broadcaster here, and that's one that people have mostly seen right. uh, done in 2007. That's about an hour long. It's great to tell you his story. But The Principle of Pot is like a five-hour mega-documentary analyzing Mark's life uh, in his career based with all the news footage that this documentary maker could find. Uh, Paul McKeever, if you want to find the video, it's youtube.com slash Paul McKeever, and he spent uh, many, many months or over years finding all the footage that he could to show all the freedom battles Mark fought for and tying it into the story of libertarianism and how Mark's uh, belief in liberty and the impact of Ayn Rand's novels and books on him uh, made such a huge change in Canada with regard to freedom and liberty in general, and the marijuana laws more specifically. So that documentary, The Principle of Pot, is very extensive and matches up how Mark's activism and his efforts and the money he spent and the ways that he heckled authority and everything he did, all his civil disobedience, Mm. helped make our culture and our freedom in Canada what it was before he was 
you know, arrested. And beyond, you know, and, and beyond yeah. Canada. I mean, he's had a worldwide impact. I know he, he had an impact on me personally when I was younger watching, you know, pot, I mean, I found pot TV way back in the, probably the late 90s. And, yeah. uh, and you know, he had an impact on me, just the, the courage. Uh, it just shows that, and this is something similar to what uh, Gandhi and others have said in the past, that, that one man really can make a difference, but you have to stand up for what you believe in and not back down. And I'd like, before we go on, um, many people will look uh, in the United States, which is largely where we're broadcast, think of Canada as our socialist neighbor to the north. But in uh, Heritage.org uh, ranks, and this is a conservative organization, Heritage.org is, ranks the freest countries in the world as to their economic freedom, because it's really difficult to rank uh, social freedoms. Um, and Canada comes in number six. The United States comes in number nine. And the United States is moving down the list right now. Canada has been moving up. That's to change from last year. So uh, those those that are sitting out there on their high freedom horse right now ought to take its um, consider that its knees has been knocked out from underneath it. Well, Canada is is in a very scary position um, with Harper. I mean, we know that on December seventh, actually, Obama and Harper are going to be meeting together to finalize the um, the security perimeter agreement. Uh, that sounds scary. <laughs> I don't, it, I don't it, even it, know what it is yet, and it sounds scary. You can, t- can you tell us more about it in a moment, Jody? Yeah, All right, absolutely. more with Jody Emery here in just a bit. Final segment, last chance. If you've got a question for her, we can sneak in here at 855-450-FREE. The security perimeter. What would it do? Oh, 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves here. Uh, Jody Emery is with us from freemark.ca and cannabisculture.com. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. As always, we're here with you. Even though it's Thanksgiving weekend, we're here to take your phone calls. Mark, you're going to be doing the live Sunday show tomorrow. and Indeed. Things, things are as normal here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Except for the fact that we have a special guest on the line. We don't normally do guests on this program. You have to be pretty outstanding, I think, to uh, to get on this show. We'll break our format of just taking open phones all the time and actually go into uh, guest mode here. And we're doing that. Uh, because Jody Emery is herself an outstanding activist, but also the uh, the wife of another super activist, uh, Mark Emery, who's in a prison cell on a five-year sentence for the horrible crime of selling seeds over the Internet. He lived in Canada at the time and didn't matter to the United States because they you know, basically treat Canada like their bitch, the 51st state, and uh, were able to get the Canadian politicians to hand him over uh, to serve to go to court in the U.S., even though he didn't do the so-called crime of selling seeds in the U.S. He's now in jail in a prison cell in Mississippi. If you'd like to write to him, I'm sure he would love to hear from you. The address at his uh, federal prison is right there on the front page of freemark.ca. That's freemark with a C dot C-A. Just scroll down a little bit and you'll find the uh, the address there. 
Also, uh, Jody Emery, uh, she's been on the uh, the show here throughout the hour, and we've had her on in the past a number of times. We're actually going to have the chance to meet Jody in person, Mark, which I'm pretty excited about because we've been talking to you for years. Jody, you've been on the Shrine of Female Listeners actually for a long time, and uh, I heard that you're going to be speaking at the upcoming Liberty Forum in February. Uh, yes, I was invited and honored to be invited, and Mark was extremely excited about it. So uh, I've accepted, and hopefully I'll be there next year. Yeah, and it's going to be February 23rd through the 26th. Uh, folks can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, get signed up, use our discount code, which is FTL2012. You'll save 10% on the already low uh, prices. I mean, this is uh, the, probably the most affordable convention you'll ever attend. I mean, it's it's under $200, and that gets you in for all weekend to every single event, speech, panel discussions, gets you into the, the banquets. Yeah, the meals. Uh, so all of that. You'll get to see Jody speak and a number of other uh, great folks like Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center. Uh, also, John Lott from More Guns, Less Crime. He's going to be there as well. A bunch of speakers have already been announced and more still to come. So uh, don't wait to sign up because the longer you wait, the closer you're going to get to that day where the price goes up. The, as soon as they announce all the speakers, as I understand it, that's when the price goes up. Because kind of right now you're buying in because you're speculating on who else is going to be. It doesn't matter who's speaking. It's always good. It's not about who's speaking. It's about getting together with hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people all hanging out in the same hotel for uh, for a weekend. It's an absolute blast. And of course, Jody, uh, I know that you guys over at CannabisCulture.com have reported on some of the goings-on here in New Hampshire with like the Keene 420 celebrations. There was a huge article uh, in Cannabis Culture not too long ago about those. And the 420 celebrations spread out from Keene, where we do the show. They, they've been happening in uh, Concord every single 420. Actually, they're doing 420 and November 5th uh, cannabis smokeouts in front of the State House in Concord, and they've been growing every single year. Uh, this year, we actually went inside the State House, and uh, there was singing. There were these cannabis Christmas carols, uh, very just fun Christmas carols. We're going to post the lyrics to them over at freekeen.com here probably within the next uh, couple weeks. But uh, just basically riffing on Christmas carols with different lyrics. And we, were, we had over 100 people singing those in the State House. They didn't quite go in the governor's office, but I bet next year we're probably going to have people go in the governor's office and maybe hotbox the governor's office. I'm not oh, sure if that's, if that's, you know, we'll see, we'll see how things go. But things have been getting very interesting around here. And, and, you know, a lot of it comes back to some of the things that, that Mark Emery's been doing up in, uh, in Canada for the last, uh, dec- several, you know, couple decades, uh, because he's, he's influenced a, a lot of this. And it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a blast to have you at the Liberty Forum, especially considering that uh, word is there's another 420 celebration scheduled for the Liberty Forum in Nashua. So, of course, it would be an honor if you would come out and uh, and attend. Oh, absolutely. And a little fun fact is that the worldwide April 20th smokeout celebration that goes on everywhere, that brings so many people together, that actually originated here in Vancouver in the really? 1990s. Mark's employees said, hey, we should make April 20th, 420, a pot day. And Mark said, well, you already have 420 the time every day. You don't need a whole day to do it. But uh, his employees went ahead and held a rally protest. And every year it got bigger and bigger here in Vancouver until all the media and documentaries started showing what was going on. And, of course, YouTube comes out, and everybody can tune into other cities all over the world through Mm -hmm. YouTube. and, And they all saw that happening here. So we only compete now in size against uh 
I think the University in Denver, Colorado, they have a massive, uh, massive yeah, smokeout. But we still get to attend the 20,000 even here gathering throughout the wow. day, big crowds. So uh, it's definitely a tradition that started in Vancouver, but it's gone around the world. And it's great to see. It proves that even though Mark was arrested in 2005 and the seed money and all those millions of dollars and financing for activists disappeared, the people and the passion still exists and still carries on and gets stronger. And that was the whole point of what Mark did. Um, And I wanted to let people know if you want to keep on top of what Mark is doing or what I'm doing, Facebook and Twitter, I'm on there all the time. So facebook.com slash Jody Emery, and that's J-O-D-I-E, and facebook.com slash Mark Emery or Prince of Pot. Those are his two pages. He has over 48,000 fans on the Free Mark page, I think it is. And I'm always on Twitter tweeting about the news at twitter.com slash Jody Emery, too. Excellent. Plenty of ways to uh, to keep in touch and looking forward to the uh, the Liberty Forum. Again, if people go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. That's where you get more details and the hotel and all that stuff and uh, get signed up with the coupon code FTL2012 to save 10%. So Mark's still in a, in a prison cell. You said early release date going to be 2014. They're making him serve 85% of the sentence before a you know, good behavior early release. Yep, they allow federal inmates to do just 85% if they're on good behavior. If Mark was an American, he would be able to take a drug treatment course and other things that would help reduce the time. But because he's a Canadian, uh, he doesn't have the right to any of that sort of thing. But he still took the drug course. He had to take it. And, uh, of course, he did a bit more educating than the uh, booklets did. I'll bet. (laughs) So has he been meeting – has he told you any stories about some of the folks he's been meeting down there, some of their stories? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The vast majority of them are people who are there for drug offenses. You know, they may have had a a weapon in their car, but – from my understanding, most Americans do like their right to have a weapon. So even though nobody was hurt in these offenses, people get 20, 30-year sentences. Um, and Mark is treated fine. You know, we, we worry about the safety of anybody in prison because it is a dangerous place. But I don't know whether it's because Mark is just a blatantly honest, friendly, loving, compassionate type person, uh, or I don't know what it is, but he never gets in trouble with people. He never has problems. Uh, the guards and the inmates all treat him with respect. It's good. I mean, they see they see Tommy Chong on TV wearing the Free Mark logo, or you know, they see uh, magazine articles about him, so they all know who he is, and they treat him with respect, and he treats everybody else with respect. He's a model prisoner as far as model prisoners go, and that's not because he wants to appeal to authority. It's because he wants to get out of there safe and yep. sound and make it home to me. That, that's, um, similar that's, to, what, that's, that's similar to my experience uh, being in but, jail as well. Yeah, if you, my if, experience in prison, and I was in there for nine years, and it wasn't for you know, a nonviolent offense like, uh, like Mark, my experience was that they didn't, as long as you kept your mouth, ev- your mouth shut when everybody was told to keep your mouth shut, you could pretty much say and have whatever opinion you wanted, and if you didn't cause any trouble in a physical sense, you weren't going to get into trouble. So, I mean, you didn't yeah. steal and you didn't fight, and there wasn't going to be a problem. Right. Mutual respect goes a long way. And I, as I said before, I don't have a beef with the prison guards. My beef is with the, the police and the judicial system, 
uh, the prison guards, they don't have the discretion to just open up the doors and let people out, unfortunately, as nice as that would be, uh, whereas the, 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 the judicial system and the police all have discretion at every point along that process, from arrest to the court uh, courtroom situation, whether we're talking about the arresting officer, the prosecutor, or the, uh, the man wearing the robe, each one of those individuals has the ability to say, no, I'm not going to enforce these bad laws, and they could they could put a stop to this madness. Well, the They're police, the ones I have a beef with. If there are other police around, it's going to be more difficult for them. Um, you know, if they happen to be the only one on the scene, then but they my have point more is, th- I don't have a beef with the guys that are running the jail. I get along with them very well. I had some great conversations with them. I imagine Mark's doing the same. And if you want to write to Mark, please go to freemark.ca. His address is right there on the front page. Freemark. That's Mark with a C. dot ca. I'm sure he would love to hear from you. Jody, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Thank you as always and keep fighting for liberty. I'm totally behind you guys. We'll be here and look forward to uh, to seeing you in a couple months at the Liberty Forum February 23rd through the 26th. Have a great evening. More thanks, coming Jody. up here. Uh, hour number two is on the way. 855-450-FREE. Open phones. You may bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Talk live. You can bring up anything you want. Live Saturday edition here to take your calls about whatever's on your mind. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. The number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there for free. So head on over there. Enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You actually get to control the content of the site so the way you do that is you can submit things to it. So you find something online you think is pretty useful, interesting, funny, whatever you want, whatever you think our other listeners would enjoy. You just submit it as show prep at freetalklive.com. And then others can vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. You get to vote on others' suggestions. And the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site. And it's all free at freetalklive.com. So head on over there and get interactive. As we go to the phones and to the fun, you can bring up anything. Justin, in Arkansas, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Justin. Do we have Justin in Arkansas? Justin going once. Justin. Yeah, I'm here. There he is. All right, Justin, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I want to talk about uh, how different apartment complexes are hiring uh, police officers when they're not on duty to uh, you know, kind of control the apartment complexes and stuff. Yeah, I've seen this going on firsthand. Different apartment now. complexes are hiring on- off-duty police officers? Yeah, like... The police officers live there, and then they they uh, they walk around keeping an eye on things. Like I had some neighbors playing football one day, and a guy's like, "Oh, I'm a detective, and uh, you you can't be out here playing football. Uh, if you do, I'm I'm gonna you know 
report you, and there could be legal action. It's most crazy stuff. So, are they working on the? I mean, are they actually working for the apartment complex on a like yeah, an hourly yeah. basis? Yeah, I guess they're, they're called safety officers. I even asked the office where I live about it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we have a safety officers that we that we hire." You know, it's, it's, you know. And you're and and they are they're uniformed local police. Are they being like given a free apartment? Basically, is that their compensation, or are they actually getting paid? I I'm not sure how their compensations work out, but they they are being compensated in some way, and they all live here. So um, you know they. Uh, they, they walk around plain clothes when they're not on duty, and then they just keep an eye on things, and then they can stop you and use their authority even when they're not wearing their uniform. Were you there at this instance where the football was being played and the officer said, no football, no fun of any sort? Were you there for that? No, but I talked to like five or six people that were involved in it. Did the guy flash a badge, or did he just claim, I mean, he was in plain clothes, did he just claim to be a police officer? Um. I'm not sure how it went down, but I know who it is, and I, I know he drives a, you know, an undercover vehicle. So, I mean, he, and he is definitely what he says he is. Do you, do you think this is something that's happening at more than just your apartment building, or is it just... No, it is. I know it is, because uh, I knew another place in another town, probably half hour west of here, where um, they, you know, have, like, I think state troopers living there or something. Uh, and they, they actually, at nighttime, hang out in the office of the apartment there, and then they, they walk around and do patrols and stuff. And I think those guys are in uniform. And, and I'm just like, I feel like these apartment complexes are like ghettos or something. They're just like kind of locked down at night, you know, and they got these people keeping their do, eyes Do you feel back. like it's a negative thing? Do you feel like it's intimidating to yeah, have these guys I, around? I feel like it's a negative thing because it, it's almost like the Stasi or something, you know, like they're going to critique. Little things. I mean, they're, they're not going after everybody for everything or anything, but you know, it's just it's kind of eerie. That's all. Justin, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate there. appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. You know, you, you I got to look at it from the apartment manager's perspective. I mean, if they if they are are having trouble or whatever, and they feel like they need to have security, then it, it makes sense to have a security guard on duty. Yeah, and a police officer is a superior security guard to regular security guards because people are more scared of them. Um, they they have that intimidation factor. Right. And if you but can, get I've got to say that if if some if if some tenants are being told they can't play football, I find that to be pretty. Pretty onerous, um, you know. I mean, well, I would agree with that. That makes sense. But on the other hand, maybe the uh, the owner is worried about an insurance policy. Maybe the maybe the officer is just making crap up as they go. It's not like this. Or is, maybe Justin's be, making crap up. I mean, it, who knows? it could be. I'm just saying, uh, you know, that I don't know. I, that's that the, the claim is as the claim is. But I wouldn't be surprised. There are there. There's no shortage of people in the world that don't like fun. This and there's no shortage of people in the world that are scared to death of lawsuits. But when you're talking about it, an individual needs to be able to recreate. And one of the ways that uh, people recreate is to play football. And that I'm not saying that a, a property owner shouldn't be able to outlaw football. But at the very least, you should know that when you sign your lease. You know, if, if I've yeah. signed my two-year lease or my one-year lease and I can only leave on February the 22nd of every year and because I'm stuck in there in that lease, at the very least, I should have known in the first place, look, we don't allow fun here at, the compl- uh, at this apartment complex. You could ruin a sprinkler head. 
you know, I've been uh, visited. For, thankfully, I've never actually lived in an apartment complex. I've always lived in in homes. Whether I've had roommates or not is another question. But uh, I've been to certainly people's homes in or people's apartments. And sometimes you you go in there and you see there's a cop car in the parking lot. And you know that there's a cop that lives in this apartment complex somewhere, and that probably has an effect on on some people. Apartment, so, uh, as I've heard, apartment complexes uh, recruit police officers to to live in the live there, and I can see why. Right. You know that. That car is going to have a chilling effect on crime. There's, I mean, I don't see how, how it could be any other way. Let's continue here with you and your thoughts. You can bring up whatever you want if you uh, want to comment on that. You're welcome to 855-450-FREE. Alan is on the line listening in Portland, Maine, WGAN. Hello, Alan. Hello, how are you? Hey, super. What's on your uh, mind tonight? I, I just uh, think the marijuana laws are ridiculous in this country. They are horrific. It's just awful. It's, uh, I, I just, I don't understand it. Well, I do understand it because the, the prescription drug companies don't want it legal because that would mess up their bottom dollar. They don't want it and legal, it and the police departments don't want it legal either because it's big money for them, too. It's an easy grab for them, you know. And uh, it's just, now, now, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Uh, I, I, when I was drinking, I lived on the street and it was a, a horrific life. That's going to be cold and in Portland, I've, Maine. And, and I've had, I've had, uh, over 15 years now without a drink with the help of my herbs. I mean, why do I have to do this in secret? It's terrible. It is a shame. Yeah. And well, now didn't Maine do some uh, decriminalization recently? I've heard that uh, they've got it better in Maine than uh, that we do here in New Hampshire, for instance. Oh yeah, New Hampshire's bad. My 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 son got pinched in New Hampshire, and it's a it's a misdemeanor for less than an ounce. It's not a see here. It's just a civil thing. Is that right? Less than an ounce in Maine is just just a fine or something? Yeah, it's just a civil ticket. You know, but uh, so there you go. So why not do it openly then? Well, I have reasons. I'm 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 on, I'm I'm disabled and and I'm on a subsidized housing thing. So they could kick you so out of the, the, the housing then if you got yeah. Caught. See, that's why I have to do it in secret. Yeah, I totally understand. Because according to the feds, it see I could get a script for it. I'm disabled. And, and you guys do have that in Maine as well, too. New Hampshire's like behind the ball up here in the Northeast. Uh, Vermont, Maine, Massachusetts have all had decriminalization Rhode Island. measures. And, uh, Alan, you know, thanks for the call. I am in total agreement with you there. It's a shame what they're doing to people that, uh, that consume cannabis. But it's not just the folks that consume cannabis. I mean, you heard, if you listen to our first hour, Jody Emery was on talking about her husband, Mark, in federal prison. And we've, we've gone through the statistics. But it's one thing to go through statistics and a whole other thing to actually be inside prison and meet these guys. I mean, they are the prison prisons around this country are filled, not just federal prisons, but all prisons are filled up with people that have never harmed another human being. They're just and in there. It's surprising for drugs. how many yeah, marijuana smokers um, and, you know, people selling uh, marijuana are in these jails and how much the, you know, the taxpayer is having to pay to incarcerate these folks. If the taxpayer just had to pay to incarcerate rapists, murderers, car burglars and, and that like... Uh, the the bill would be so much smaller. 
So much smaller. I wish I could remember the statistics. In fact, a former Law Enforcement Against Prohibition member just walked into the studio here. Mm-hmm. Maybe he knows them uh, better than I do about the amount of federal prisoners that are in there for nonviolent drug crimes. It's something like 70%, if I, if I recall correctly. More coming up. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. It's a live Saturday edition. You can bring up anything that you'd like, 855-450-FREE. The toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. We've also got a special guest joining us here, just kind of out of the blue. Uh, Brad Jardis is here, formerly of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, spent uh, 10 years as a police officer, we'll uh, get to Brad here in a moment. But first, I want to invite you to our Facebook page at facebook.freetalklive.com, where you, Mark, are doing contests every, just about every single day. You're giving away all kinds of great prizes for stocking stuffers this year, uh, giving away everything from Tota sacks to help you carry the groceries back in from the car, Vaporsmith vaporizers. Uh, the Liberty Stickers 5-Packs, Ruger BX-25 magazines, copies of Guns and Weed, the documentary, which is excellent, and Yeardly the Movie, which is also a fine film uh, documentary. Yeardly is actually a, a um, not a documentary. It is a fiction uh, film, but it, it could very well be real. I mean, it's a pretty... It's a pretty like gritty realistic uh, film from what i can tell from my experience in watching it i i liked it yeah it was a really interesting look at uh you know what it's like to be a man in a relationship uh, that goes awry in america I yeah mean, in, things in the know, 21st you're century really you're really stuck so uh, go to facebook.freetalklive.com how do you get in on the contest it's simple you just click the like button if you've already liked the profile you're already good to go just keep an eye open for when mark does one of the contests it's different times that they happen and they actually you've opened up you open up time windows too mark you do like 4 hour window mm-hmm. where people can enter the contest and there can be multiple winners actually of uh, of a prize so giving away five packs of uh, stickers from libertystickers.com right now as I we say, speak i have to say it's one of the most exciting giveaways i think we've uh, we've ever done on this program facebook.freetalk Live.com. If you're unable to own a firearm due to local laws or other reasons, an air gun might be a great substitute. There are plenty of other reasons why you might want to own an air gun. Trading a child in firearms, uh, varmint control, maybe a little cheap, quiet indoor target practice during those long winter months. I recently got a 50 caliber air rifle that can bring down a deer from Pyramid Air. They're the world's largest online gun retailer and in business since 1993 with an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau. Their experts can help you find the best air gun for your needs right over the phone. You can get 10% off or free shipping, whichever is more, with coupon code FTL11. Please go now, view the amazing Dragon Claw, that's the one I got, at airgun.freetalklive.com. Then further peruse the website, see the other air guns and accessories they've got there for you. It's airgun.freetalklive.com, or you can call them at 888-262-4867. It's 888-262-4867. 
airgun.freetalklive.com. So, uh, Brad Jardis joining us here. Brad, good evening. How are you? I'm um, well, thank you. Thanks for having me sit in. Well, you uh, you stopped in the studio. We were just we just happened to be talking about uh, drug decriminalization. Had Jody Emery on from uh, Cannabis Culture earlier tonight, and we just had a gentleman on uh, from Portland in Maine who was talking about his experience with uh, with cannabis and his bewilderment that it's still illegal. Uh, and today, you know, the twenty we're in the twenty first century, and cannabis, a plant, uh, is still illegal. And you've got some personal experience with this, having spent a decade of your life as a police officer. How long have you been uncopped? At this point, uh, I've been uh, I've been cop free since January 2010. January 2010 I was the uh, was when I quit. I, they actually tried to fire me. I got my job back and worked one day, and then I left. Right. We were actually telling your story earlier this week uh, for some of our listeners, but uh, many of our Saturday night listeners don't get the week uh, weekday show. You had joined law enforcement against prohibition as a active on duty police officer, which at one point you were the only active on-duty cop, I believe, in the entire country. There's one in Canada now that's, uh, I think, that's that's on board with, with LEAP. But you were the only one for a long time, and they kind of came down on you for that. Yeah, it, it, it's very unpopular to speak out against uh, what the status quo is. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who work in the law enforcement profession who realize that the war on drugs is just an absolute abject failure, that it, it accomplishes none of the stated goals, it wastes money, it ruins lives, and it, it completely erodes the constitutional protections we're supposed to have in this country. But, you know, people are just more happy to stay with their cush job and uh, make their sweet paycheck rather than stand up and... and don't make waves. Don't make waves. You make waves, you're going to get squished. I mean, this this fellow, uh, the probation officer in Arizona, have, have mm-hmm. you, I, you guys covered him the other night. You know, all he did was attach his name to a decriminalization of marijuana uh, petition and you know, I, for California, I, for California, yeah. I mean, I attach my name to decriminalize everything because let's face it: if you actually own your body, you should be able to put in it what you want. Absolutely, and, and that's not the case. I mean, you don't own your body. There, there are still people, probably, probably, I would say, a handful of people, probably still in in jail because of things that I did. Are Are you a little more fresh on the statistics than I am with uh, with federal prisoners and how many of them are there for drug crimes? Well, um, the statistics that I would frequently give out when I gave presentations for Leap, which of course I'm not a member of Leap anymore, I was kicked out because I proclaimed that uh, I would not arrest anyone who used marijuana for a medical reason, and um, I encouraged other officers to do the same thing. So Leap removed me because they're a very law and order organization. Yeah, even though this is one of my one of my critiques of Leap. I mean, I like a lot of what they do. But oh yeah, they do of- they do great work. But I, I think one thing that's worth pointing out is that. Uh, people in Leap know better, like because these are a group of people who realize, you know, this is a terribly destructive policy, and we should have nothing to do with it. But keep doing it as long as you have the job. Right. Whatever you, the law, basically their their policy is: if the law says it, you have to do it until yes. we can change it. Right. And uh, you were saying, no, this is wrong. Stop doing what's wrong. And then they kicked you out because of that. That's right. So what was the, the statistic about the feds? Well, the statistic that I would frequently give people, which one of my favorites, uh, and this this probably is still on par, is that the United States has about four point three percent of the world's population, twenty two point five percent of the world's prisoners, mm-hmm. about. Uh, I believe it's one out of 768 people in this country are in prison. And um, I believe the total... Prison, not jail. Uh, well, same thing. Because I thought it was 1% that a cage. was in, in a cage. Didn't you cite that recently, Mark? That, that's some number that I believe I saw on the internet. I don't okay. know. 
So, um, and I believe 54% of the aggregate uh, prison population is for nonviolent uh, victimless crimes. Uh, certainly in the. And fe- that's of all state prisons, federal prisons, all prisons. I'm fairly sure. I haven't done. I, I heard that federal was higher than, than state oh, prisons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People, people go to federal prison for firearms offenses, which in large part are victimless, like mm-hmm. felon in possession, um, immigration violations, drugs, child pornography, and um, white collar stuff. But, I mean, so the federal system, there really isn't much uh, crimes with victims, with the exception of financial stuff. But, you know, there's private prisons in this country that send lobbyists to Washington to keep the drug laws strict because they get money to put warm bodies in cold cages. And these are people who've never hurt anybody. This is 3.1% of the U.S., the total U.S. adult population are now on uh, very non-voluntary members of America's correctional community. They're either in uh, prison or on parole from prison, according to a report from Americans, uh, uh, the, the Bureau of Justice Statistics. There you go. Any but, government person who tells you that people do not go to jail for marijuana is just full of bull. Be- oh, yeah. Because the, the majority of people in county jail, at least here in New Hampshire, in my experience, are people who were convicted of something and then they are required to have a urinalysis test for probation and then you know they smoke a joint and then 30 days later they have their urine tested and they test positive and then they're off to county jail one free although I wonder how many people can make it to the 30 day, or the, how long how often it actually lasts 30 days depends how much you smoke jail that had uh, that got tested a week after he went in and had smoked right before he went to jail and he passed the test more coming up this is free talk your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nesquik. Try Nesquik 4-Packs, perfect for lunches and great for kids on the go. Look for it in the juice aisle. Snack time is a great chance to sneak extra calcium into your child's diet without making him feel like he's eating something he doesn't want. Serve up dairy-rich foods like smoothies, flavored milk, frozen yogurt, and string cheese. He'll love the treat, and you'll love knowing how good it is for him. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up anything you want. Live Saturday edition, Thanksgiving weekend edition of Free Talk Live. We're here all weekend long. Of course, Mark, you do the Sunday show. And people, if you don't get that on your local station, you can always go to freetalklive.com. And if you don't get Free Talk Live seven nights a week on your local uh, talk radio station, give them a call and tell them that first, if they carry any Free Talk Live, that you appreciate that. Thank you for carrying Free Talk Live. And then also let them know that you'd like to hear more Free Talk Live because we do this thing all seven nights a week. And we do it live from 7 to 10 Eastern time at uh, number 855-450-FREE. You can bring up anything. Have you ever been threatened with a lawsuit or thought you had a potential lawsuit against somebody but you decided to do nothing about it because, well, attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. And until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. How to make motions and uh, you know you know have uh, stands for appeals and all the things that you need in order to uh, to, to use the court's rules. Because until you know those rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. 
It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy, the average eighth grader could learn it in a weekend. Jurisdictionary.com is chucked full of all kinds of free tools. Uh, go over there and check out all the free tools they have there for you. When you purchase the course at Jurisdictionary.com, remember to use the pull-down menu. Mention Free Talk Live. Let them know you heard it here. It's Jurisdictionary.com. It's a great course. We've got Brad Jardis in the studio with us. Happens to be in our very own Keene, New Hampshire tonight, and he's a former cop, actually spent 10 years on the force and ended up leaving because he was being persecuted because of his beliefs that the war on drugs is insane and needs to end. Yeah. So thanks for coming in here. Uh, We actually didn't expect you to come in, but here you are, and it's always good having you. So any excuse to get uh, you on the air is always a good one. Let's go to Dave in California, listening to KGOE uh, in the Eureka area. Hey, Dave. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, great. You're on with Brad Jardis. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I, you know, I tuned in just a little late, so I didn't get the the whole foundation as to, you know, where um, the guest was a, a cop and where he served and all that other stuff. So if I could get that, then I could probably better direct my or guide my question. Well, I worked for uh, three municipalities in New Hampshire. The one that I worked for the longest was Epping, New Hampshire, and that was from 2001 until 2010. Okay. Was that as a, and was that as a patrol cop or probation? I heard you mention probation. No, I was a patrol what officer. Capacity? Patrol officer. I'm sorry. I was a patrol officer. <laughs> okay, okay, right on. So, just a couple things I just was slight disagreement with. Um, you, I heard you mention about people being in prison for, you know, marijuana and you know it's a victimless crime and so on and so forth. And to to a, to a, a far part, I I totally agree with you. Um, you know, teach his own. I mean, a person should be able to do exactly what they want to do with their body. And, Amen. Yeah, you know, if you want to smoke marijuana, smoke marijuana. But for my issue is. You know, you don't necessarily find people in jail for, say, an infraction possession of marijuana. What, what, what? I typically see, and I'll explain what I typically see in, that, in the state of California, marijuana, possession of marijuana itself, less than an ounce of marijuana is an infraction. You will not even go to jail to ticket. Same On the same plan. What if you don't pay the ticket? ticket? What if you don't pay the ticket? Yeah. Then, you know, by our legislator, it becomes a misdemeanor for, you know, not complying with what you should have dealt with. I mean, I don't think anything should necessarily be a free ride. If I got a speeding ticket and I didn't pay the and I didn't pay the, the fine, is going to go to a misdemeanor, and I could ultimately have the potential of going to jail or have an increased penalty. Well, let me now, ask you, let me ask you this, Dave. Uh, do you think that it should be a civil infraction for possession of marijuana? I think um, my, my honest opinion is no. I think it ought to be elite. I think it ought to be legal. Period. Oh, okay, same that's... as tobacco, same as alcohol. I think it ought to be legal. It ought to be taxed. It ought to be regulated and it should be legal okay i I would agree with that except i don't think it should be taxed um because uh the free market can certainly uh take care of regulating something far better than the government could but i would say that uh california as far as marijuana possession goes certainly is has a lot uh more liberal policy than up here i mean new hampshire if you get caught with a seed you can do a year in jail and, you know, when people get caught, they don't just get tickets up here. They get arrested. They get handcuffed. They get put in a cage. They get released on bail. They get fingerprinted. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, and they get labeled with a conviction. Frequently, it's true that if it's like your first arrest for a little bit of possession, you probably aren't going to end up going to jail. However, 
I was in jail yeah. when the first time I was in jail, I was in jail with a guy who was there for his third arrest. So he'd, okay. he'd been caught with a bull pack's worth of pot, and he was sent to jail because it was his third time. And also, okay. uh, in, in addition to that, when I was in jail most recently for 58 days, there were multiple people in there that were in there for selling pot. And, of course, that's a completely victimless act as well. And so there's no, there's no shortage of people that, that are inside a prison uh, you know, prison walls for selling or possessing cannabis in this country. I mean, there are over 800,000 arrests every single year nationwide just for cannabis, and most of them, like 80% of those arrests, are for simple possession. All right. So let me, let me, let me add to that. See, I disagree with the idea that selling pot is a victimless crime because that's the reason why. But you take think it should be legal? Like Humboldt, take, a county, take a county like Humboldt, for example. You, you, you Google the newspaper. The main newspaper here is the Times Standard. There recently was people, doors get kicked in all the time for indoor marijuana growth. People getting home invasions, getting robbed, getting killed. A young gentleman not too long ago worked for UPS or FedEx, one of these uh, delivery companies. You know, his house was, was um, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, vic- he was a victim of a marijuana ripoff. His door got kicked open. He got shot and killed. Wait, what? Senseless. Hold on a second. Are you so I'm I'm confused. What ripoff? I'm saying that I'm saying that that the idea of people who sell marijuana is a victimless crime, and that's 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 I don't think that. Where's that's the true. victim? That, who's the victim? Where is the victim think, in a marijuana sale? Where is the victim? It's the environment it creates. It's the it's the it's either a the person who who's renting this house to this person who is now um, who now has an indoor marijuana grow. They become a victim. The landlord. The neighborhood suffers to a certain degree because of the, the, the certain clientele Dave, that comes in. can I stop you just for a second? You know there was a lot of crime around prohibition in the past, right? Two wrongs don't make a right. What? what? <laughs> in my opinion, two wrongs don't make a right. I, okay. I definitely agree. So you're, t- you're telling yeah, me that a person who drinks... You're telling me that a person who drank a beer at that time was responsible for the Valentine's Day massacre. Is that what the claim you're making? Because it sounds that is, outlandish. That, that, that is not the claim that I'm making. Let me, let, me, let me just settle myself down. I don't call radio shows too often. Okay. And I'm definitely enjoying the conversation that, that you guys are having tonight. Very informative. But I think that there's two sides to the coin. I think that, you know... Well, there's the anti-freedom side and the pro-freedom side. I think you're absolutely yeah, right I about that. that. So I guess I'm a little confused, Dave, because you said that you're for legalization so of... Let me, mar- let, me clar- let, me, let me clarify, okay? California had the initiative that came on board for them to legalize marijuana. The voters, it went to the voters. They voted it down. Groups like Normal, huge groups, a lot of money backers, a lot of real influential people. You know what? What's really funny? Look up the look up the town of Garberville. It's it's famous for its marijuana. The town of Garberville unanimously voted it down. Do you know why? The economy was suffered. I don't care what their reasons were. They made the wrong choice. It's either okay to smoke marijuana or it's not okay to smoke marijuana. And that's, you know, the environment that is created is based largely on these stupid laws that make it illegal, that that, that have the violence that surround it. You understand that uh, smoking marijuana can cause people with guns to come after you and throw you in a cage. I mean, you can't say that's not violent, right? Okay, and people with marijuana can cause those who want it to come kick open your door and take it. And then it, and then it requires those it, people who grow marijuana. Okay? Just because people will and, steal and, things. Look, I've had a stereo stolen. Are you telling me that listening to music causes crime? Are, so are you telling me that 
the average Joe gets his house broken into because he has an indoor marijuana grill and his dope is stolen. And the average Joe stolen, could have his house down. broken into for a television set or for his money or for jewelry. Right. Are you also, saying that all those things cause crime? The average I mean, that's Joe dips, should keep, dude. His, the average Joe should keep his damn this mouth shut going. about his marijuana grower operation if he doesn't want people coming in and stealing it. I mean, look, what hey, you're talking about is something that hey, only happens. Agree, Dave, what you're talking about is something that only happens because of prohibition. So I guess my question for you is if you had drug legalization or marijuana legalization and you had suggested before do you think that those things would still happen i think that it would happen on a far lower scale okay, same yeah. as pharmacies there's people who go hold up pharmacies for vicodin and prescription they're, drugs that's right because happen. they can't buy them on the shelves controlled. because they're controlled so the only answer is to totally decriminalize get all rid drugs. of stereos too thanks dave more coming up free talk live 855-453 do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, live Saturday edition of the program. Plenty of time for you and your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And we've also got Brad with us here. He's uh, Brad Jardis, formerly of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition and former law enforcement officer. Spent 10 years on a patrol and so we're going to get back into a conversation about decriminalization here in a moment. But first, destabilizing events are happening all over the world, whether it's affecting you or, you know, people uh, uh, half a world away. There's unemployment, inflation, food shortages, natural disasters, just to name a few. This things like these could happen to you. You can get prepared and protect your family. For my preparation, I choose wisefoodstorage.com. Wisefoodstorage.com offers delicious, ready-made meals. I've recently had cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff. They're all pre-packaged for freshness and individual Mylar pouches and carry a 25-year shelf life. You prepare them in just minutes by simply adding water. You can visit their website at wisefoodstorage.com or you can call them at 855 855- Foodwise, Use coupon code FTL to get a free entree sample. How can you go wrong? They're going to send you free food to try out to see whether or not you should have this food for you to protect your family against some kind of disaster. Uh, they also offer a limited time during the holidays. Uh, you use uh, the promo code FTL and you get no cost shipping and 10% off any order. It's wisefoodstorage.com. 855-FOODWISE. Use coupon code FTL. It's for a free sample, free shipping, 10% off any order. Greatest gift you can give your loved ones this holiday season is wisefoodstorage.com. Anyone who's listened to the show for a while knows that the war on drugs is definitely one of my pet issues. I think that prohibition and ending prohibition is one of the most important uh, issues that we face in our time because even if you don't use drugs or never have used drugs and want nothing to do with them, the war on drugs still 
interrupts your world, whether you know it or not. It uh, comes in in ways that you may not expect. For instance, uh, crime that happens all around everywhere, people breaking and entering into homes and such, breaking into cars, stealing things. This is the last caller was talking about. Almost always based on somebody, some crackhead or meth head or something like that, trying to get money, trying to pawn up whatever it is they're going to steal from you uh, for a, you know, a hit of whatever it is that they're addicted to. So lots of crime that affects people that have never used drugs is being created because of prohibition, because of the circumstances that it creates by drastically inflating the prices of these products. Right. The reason that people are in Humboldt County are breaking into grow operations to steal, steal a weed that will grow anywhere under any conditions isn't because they want a bunch of grass clippings. It's what it's because those grass clippings, because of the, the the laws in this nation, have become far more valuable, tens of thousands, probably uh, thousands of times more valuable than they would yeah, otherwise sure. be. So it's not the it's not the the drugs. It's the laws. I honestly don't remember a single, and I, I frequently would say this when I would give presentations for Leap. I don't remember a single burglary or robbery that was not an opiate addict who needed money for drugs. That was not an opiate. That addict. was not an opiate addict. It, it was. So I by mean, opiate, you mean like heroin or oxycontin? What or about something cocaine? Like that? Well, I, honestly, I crack. I, you no, heroin's big crack. up here, man. No, heroin yeah. is big in the, up here, at least in Keene. And you didn't even work in Keene, but you worked across the state. So would you say heroin was one of the bigger? Yeah, drugs out I mean, there? opiates. Typically, what happens is people get. Uh, a lot of I've seen a lot of cases where people like hurt their back and then they yep. get a legitimate prescription for oxycontin and they uh, get hooked and they get hooked and then you know then their Happens doctor all the time the doctors are afraid of the DEA because the DEA likes to tell doctors how to practice medicine mm-hmm. so they have to they have to keep you know they have to give their patients less pain medicine than they, they actually need to control their pain and then these people uh, when they become uh, dependent on opioids they go out and they they lie, cheat, steal, prostitute yep. their children, steal from their parents. I mean, I, I remember a, a burglary investigation I was involved in. It was this kid ripping off his mom and dad. And, and he was ripping them off, sure. t- stealing their stuff, taking it down to Haverhill, Massachusetts, and pawning it because he needed money for his uh, for his heroin deal. I was in jail with those guys, man. I mean, there were a number of guys in jail who had actually committed some sort of a crime against another human being, but what motivated it was the fact that they needed money f- to feed their heroin. And it's, it's very easy to look at these guys and say, oh, these guys are scumbags. They, d- yep. they belong in prison. Trash of society. Trash of society. But you know what? They're sick. It's not true. These they're pe- sick. They're human beings. They're they, not. They, they're not uh they're not trash i mean i i you've you've met them through the process yeah. of, of arresting them but i mean i met them behind bars and uh, there was one guy in there that i got along with real well in the kitchen really nice funny guy and uh you know he he were he, we talked about activism and things like that and and he made a statement at one point that, you know he was in uh, originally for some sort of drug related thing and he made the statement that when he's strung out on heroin or whatever that he is a totally different person that uh, you don't want to be around him at that point because he you know he'll steal from his own grandmother absolutely i mean this this is a case of of people needing medical treatment needing help and you know so many people don't connect the dots to see that when the prices of drugs are inflated upwards of 14,000% 
based on what they are. I mean, Mark was saying, you know, this is a weed. I mean, this is something that would that would grow in your garden and it would annoy you. Right. It would annoy you and you have to get like weed be gone or spray mm-hmm. it with some heavy duty stuff to get rid of it. And there's these violent Mexican drug cartels making billions of dollars selling this stuff. And they how do they use that money? They use that money to kill people. And, you know, when's the last time you heard of Anheuser-Busch and Corona shooting it out in the street right. because they had a disagreement? Yeah, and how often are people coming into the Anheuser-Busch factories and holding their employees at gunpoint so they can get a free, you know, 24-pack or, you know, cart some away in a grocery cart or something like that? It just doesn't happen. People are growing pot in their house because they can't grow it in a commercial environment. Exactly right. They can't or do they it can't just board. let it go, you know, in their front yard so they can go out and clip a little and hang it up and, and then smoke it three weeks later. Let's go I mean, to the it phones. It would be that easy. We've got Wendy on the line listening to WGMD-FM in Delaware. Wendy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey. Yes. Um, what's, what's on I'm your mind? not a drug addict. Uh, I've never really bothered with drugs, but um, my issue is with, um, I recently just worked for the world's greatest liquor store in Rehoboth, and um, I was set up by a DEA agent, and um, had I didn't have the staff around me I'm usually supposed to have. Anyway, um, because my eyesight was bad, I served a minor. Oh, no. And, um, yeah. And, and the I DEA was uh, setting you up? I mean, it wasn't the local cops, it was the DEA? Well, it's whatever uh, drug enforcement agency they have that, um, you know, they go in and set people up to yeah, try Yeah, that, to... that wouldn't be the DEA. That would it's be probably the local Delaware uh, d- task, task force, of, force yeah. whatever they call yeah. themselves there. Oh, okay, there. well, whichever, but anyway... Um, I was there, and um, I was uh, left alone downstairs, and um, I had four other employees, but they were all doing other things. And anyway, I my eyesight wasn't good, and um, um, I just didn't read her card right. Yep. You know, and I have the same I same did. issue. I have a an uncorrectable vision issue in my left eye, and I don't know whether I could. I, I would have a difficult time seeing somebody's license unless that it was like lit up like the Dickens. You know, I don't care exactly, if you did sell it to. Exactly. Uh, I don't care if you did sell it to somebody and you knew they were underage. I mean, the idea that people who are under well, the age of twenty-one shouldn't be able to to choose to put alcohol in their bodies is absolutely ludicrous, and it contributes to underage drinking in a very dangerous kind of manner. Because again, once you prohibit something, people start behaving in, in different ways, and so that's why we have a lot of kids that are poisoning themselves on alcohol and doing very unsafe things because they've never been raised with uh, the understanding of alcohol. A lot of them, they never been exactly. raised around it. Kids learn to drink. Oh, I totally understand, but um, uh, for three and a half years, I worked there, and um, this was something that was set up. And um, What are you facing anyway, as far I've as jail is concerned? Uh, what? What, what, are, what kind of a punishment are you looking at? Um, I was given a um, ticket by the officer and fingerprinted at work, mm. and I was fired by the company. Oh. And um, after being a loyal good, dedicated employee, and um, I don't know. I have to go to court. Um, and so you haven't been to, to a court hearing yet? This is, like, really fresh? This just happened to you? Yeah, this just happened last week. Wow. And, um, one thing, anyway, I'm, not, one I'm, thing I'm not particularly is that, proud of is uh, w- when I started working in law enforcement, I was 18, and I worked undercover for the New Hampshire Liquor Commission. Oh, man. 
And so you did this stuff. I did. And um, I, I went into, uh, they're called off-sale licensees, which if, if they sell alcohol where you drink it off the premises, or on-sale licensees if it's a bar. And I would go in and I would, uh, you know, I would give them... Sir, you look below the age of 21 now. Oh, cool, man. Hey, <laughs> thanks. But, you know, yeah, I went in and up here in New Hampshire, if you sell alcohol or if you're a parent and you give your son alcohol... Uh, you could do a year in right. jail. The, the laws as they are set up today mandate, essentially, that young people will be taught to drink by pimply-faced teenagers. Instead which is of the their worst parents. person in, in the world. In a pit in the woods. Yep. Wendy, uh, let us know what happens with your case. Call us back when you when get an update. We'd love to hear back from you. I appreciate hearing from you. Good luck. Yeah. It's, it's tragic what happened. Uh, 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour 3 is next. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. into the third hour of the program here live saturday edition joining you this evening it's ian and mark and we've got a special guest with us here totally by surprise uh well actually i heard you were coming to town tonight but i didn't know you're going to be stopping by the studio and you did uh brad jardis is here he's uh, formerly of law enforcement against prohibition you can go to their website at leap.cc but you're no longer with them because you actually when you were a police officer advocated that uh, police officers not enforce uh, the the laws against uh, the, i guess the marijuana medical marijuana or laws not arrest medical marijuana users right? yeah i mean although although my beliefs are a lot more, uh, or excuse me, were a lot more deep than that at that time. I chose that as a as my statement that I wanted to make because if you read the New Hampshire Constitution uh, and then you you know an, take an analysis of arresting people who are sick for using drugs, I mean it's just it flies in the face of everything. I mean these people who are sick who smoke pot, they do it because they have muscular dystrophy, AIDS, wasting syndrome, glaucoma. I mean there's just so many things that marijuana helps. And the reason why marijuana remains illegal for uh, for sick people as well as for recreational use is all politics. It has nothing to do with science. Nothing. So it's all politics, and that is what the Constitution was supposed to prohibit, and that's the statement I made, and that's why I was kicked out of LEAP. Because and you were a law enforcement officer for over about 10, more, 11 more years. Than 10 years, right? Yeah, 11 years, 11 years. Uh, up here in New Hampshire, and heroically joined LEAP while still on duty, which would be nice to see more cops do that, uh, but they're scared to because they know that there's a good chance that the, the higher-ups are going to punish them. They're going to keep them restricted to the overnight shift and not allow them to get uh, advancements to, to new ranks and new pay grades and things like that. Yeah, I mean, They're they scared. Sh- unfortunately, they should be scared because, you know, I mean, in the whole quote-unquote brotherhood that exists, if you say anything that could compromise uh, the system, the well-being, the power, I mean, you become very, Of the police very, union. Of the police union, absolutely. You become very, very hated. Don't break the thin blue line. Yeah, I mean, it, officers uh, committing uh, heinous crimes... Uh, have been treated a lot better than 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 I was when I was coming out of you know working for the government, and uh, I mean if you look at these guys in I, I believe uh, California that killed this homeless guy, um, you know their police union stepped up. They're paying for their uh, 
They're paying for their criminal defense. And these guys just absolutely murdered somebody, you know, and my police union completely turned, uh, you know, did a cut and run with me, turned their back on me because I said drug prohibition is insane. Which is, of course, the that's a totally sensible thing to say. And it's the right and it's the moral and it's the practical position. Uh, let's continue. The, but it does threaten the uh, the budgets of the police departments. And so, therefore, they're just in, in favor of continuing prohibition. Let's talk to Bruce listening in Virginia and Charlottesville to WCHV. Uh, hey, Bruce. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Okay, I was listening last week on the um, controversy on tobacco and people smoking and restricting the right to smokers. Okay. And... I'm an ex-smoker, but I mean, I became a smoker by choice. I became an ex-smoker by choice. Indeed, uh, same here. Okay, and I mean, to come on out there and say you cannot smoke on private property, in your own house, you are corrupting your children or your the health of your children, how much other stuff do we do that endanger our children? Yeah, this is really the point is if they can, you know, secondhand smoke is certainly not good for, say, somebody with emphysema or asthma or something like that. It's one can, you know, that that is categorically a true statement. But um, the EPA has come out with these uh, fraudulent uh, studies in the past that have said that uh, basically every case of lung cancer that wasn't in the uh, lungs of a smoker was caused by secondhand smoke. And that is just that's just a lie. I agree with you. Yep. And, uh, you know, I mean, my parents smoked, and I mean, I didn't like it growing up, but I smoked for about 15 years. I haven't had a cigarette for over 12 years right now. Good for you. Yeah, a lot of job. restaurants have, are, are, don't have, are now totally non-smoking. And back when I was a smoker, it was too, smoke was too thick in there. I would not go in the restaurant yep. by choice. Yep. And, I mean, it's it's somewhere along the term, by, by choice, I think, means something. And it, and they're trying to, you know, eliminate my choice. I want to, if I want to go out there and stand out where I live at outside and smoke, I would be offending people. And I can't go on my balcony and smoke because I am, quote, offending people. And, uh, it, you know, and they have people in, in the public buildings around here. I mean, you can't smoke within so many feet of the edges of the public building right now. Just to, by really, the way, bring our listeners up to speed, you're referring to a conversation we had last week, as you mentioned, but it was about, I was it was at Alameda, California, Mark, sounds if I'm right. recalling correctly. Uh, yeah, where Alam, in Alameda, they have decided to prohibit smoking in all public places, including balconies of apartment condo buildings. Uh, inside of uh, apartment inside buildings. Inside of any building that's connected or any residence that's connected to another residence, like a duplex, for instance, or an apartment building. You know what I think people people should do what's that they should do it anyway <laughs> and then what fill the gels up well that's just it most people aren't most people aren't willing to not pay a fine right so if you do it anyway then you're going to end up getting the fine and then most people are going to go and pay it so you've got to go all the way with it you've got to do it anyway get the fine take it to court force them to go to trial, refuse to pay the fine, and fill up a jail cell if you really want to go all the way to the wall with non-cooperation. But on the other hand, or you know, part and parcel to that, rather, is that you also have to have other people doing that, too. If you just do it alone, then it will have no effect, and you'll just end up in a jail cell. Smokers in this country are turning into the new discriminated class. Oh, yeah, they are. And the way it's I look at it... like guns, and uh, like it was, and they're doing uh, and other things oh, oh. Over the years, putting the warning labels on the cigarettes, I remember when they first came out onto the cigarettes, 
Uh, that was back when I was a non-smoker, but that did not stop me from smoking. And now they want to put the graphic designs on them. Right, with the, the, the black uh, lungs the, and we, dead babies or whatever. Why don't we put the graphic designs on uh, junk food like uh, soft drinks, candy bars, everything like that. How about cars? I mean, let's have the picture <laughs> of broken bodies hanging out, in front of, out, out of windshields <laughs> on the side of every automobile by three feet by two feet. Better so the, yet, you could have some mannequins at every car lot and just you know kind of dress up the cars at the car I lot. I mean, cars so kill a heck of a lot more people than, uh, than, than, than most Not things Not to mention children as well. Lots of children die in car wrecks. Hey, Bruce, thanks for the call. Appreciate your thoughts at uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You know, when I think of how smokers are becoming the new discriminated class, I just think about... What would happen if all the 18 through 20-year-olds were to band together and go after the political system and make a point that they're just not going to put up with the discriminatory, uh, discriminatory drinking laws anymore? You know, I mean, oh, it'd be awesome. They, yeah, the young people just young people are just so difficult to motivate. I mean, them. You can't even get them out to, to, to go vote, let alone to uh, do some sort of significant. Yeah, if you could get the pot smokers to go out and vote for marijuana legalization, uh, or at least uh, medical marijuana, you'd 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 have it in a minute. But I mean, they just so many of them just won't get out, won't do it. I think smokers who feel that they are repressed for their uh, their personal choice to use tobacco should seriously consider moving to New Hampshire. Because yes. this is where this is where people should be coming who are being mistreated by the government, people who want their property rights to be respected, people who want their body rights to be respected. This is where people need to come, and we all need to stand together. To- Absolutely, because if you're standing separately, then it's just going to make them easy to take you out. And I... You know, we obviously talk about the Free State Project a lot on this program. It's not just because they're a sponsor, but also, Mark, you and I moved here as part of the Free State Project, so we're we're on board. Uh, Brad, you're a New Hampshire native? I like to tell people that the Free State Project and Free Talk Live ruined my law enforcement career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember uh, when we first moved up here, we had some uh, lunch with you out in Manchester one day, and that yeah. was back when, way back, that was like 2007 or 2006, when you were like still kind of in of the uh, the mindset of that you had to still enforce the, the the bad laws and that you had to work within the system and then you kind of embraced uh, non cooperation and civil disobedience. It's like you guys whittled away like just chink by chink into my you know into my justification of uh, of the morality of the system. And this is what happens to people that listen to Free Talk Live consistently because you know on Saturday nights a lot of people are used to listening to us on the station. They listen to Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity on and they're not used to hearing these ideas on a consistent basis. But when these ideas of freedom and liberty and personal responsibility and peace are con- uh, consistently applied they, uh, they suck you in and, and they'll change your life. But you actually are the one that changes your life. 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. It helps to have some good ideas on which to base those changes. More coming up. You take control here. This is the Live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752.
is Free Talk Live, live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on our site for free, so enjoy those. You can go to sign up for our news updates at writtennews.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever way works best for you. Or more than one of them, if you'd like. They're all free. News.freetalklive.com. We were just talking uh, to a guy who's uh, talking about smokers' rights. And, you know, the fact is that here in America, the the movement is towards uh, the cracking down on people smoking in different places. That's a reality. If you smoke, you probably can't smoke in your job. You probably have to go outside to do it. Um, you know, you, you probably can't smoke in your house. Even when I smoked, I didn't smoke in my house. And uh, I can tell you my wife would certainly not accept it now if I were to take up the habit again. But there's a product out there. It's called the e-cigarette that allows you to uh, imbibe nicotine and do it in a way that doesn't – there is no secondhand smoke. So, And there's no smell. It doesn't stink or anything like that. It uh, you know, handles the oral fixation of uh, cigarettes. It's, it's light smoking. You get the nicotine, uh, but you save a lot of money. The, the, a cardamizer is equal to the amount of nicotine for a pack of cigarettes. And you can get 40 cardamizers from Vaporsmiths.com for 70 bucks. And you can't get 40 packs of cigarettes for 70 bucks by any stretch of the imagination. Use coupon code FTL when you buy those 40 cardamizers, and they'll give you a free starter kit. So the, the starter kits that can cost upwards of $75, you'll get it for free. And it's one of the best-made e-cigarettes in the market today, Vaporsmiths.com. And you'll get free shipping, all with coupon code FTL at Vaporsmiths.com. Or call 855-2-GET-VAPOR if you don't have a computer Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Sometimes it's easier for you to use the telephone. 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com, coupon code FTL. All right, our number here is 855-450-FREE. We're going to continue. We also have uh, Brad Jardis, former law enforcement officer, uh, in the studio with us here tonight. We're going to talk to Andy, listening in Auburn, New York, to WAUB. Hello, Andy. Hey, guys. Can't resist uh, getting in on these conversations. Um, I think marijuana should be legalized. I think it's uh, ridiculous that it's illegal. But, uh, you know, I I hear a lot of people getting lured into the uh, whole absolutist anti-establishment philosophy because of this, when I really don't think that uh, getting rid of the government, getting rid of the police, getting rid of all the, the government agencies is the way to legalize marijuana. I think we should just legalize it. Well, I don't think anyone suggested. I don't think anyone side. suggested that getting rid of the government police is the way to legalize marijuana. I think I marijuana think that, should be as legal as tomato plants. I think that before we ever have a chance to look at the idea of replacing government police with some sort of market-based protection services, which that's what I would recommend doing, I think before we ever get to that point, we're likely going to have we're going to see drug decriminalization within the current stru- structure. You know the point. Oh, I hope the, so. The point for me where I realized that, um, you know, a lot of people, when they when they respond to the messages of liberty, they think about, uh, okay, you know, I'm a libertarian, I'm a small-l libertarian, I want a small government, cop, courts, and roads. And then um, it was actually Dale, co-host of this show, I was having a conversation with him one day, and he said to me, he goes, you know, cops, courts, and roads are amongst some of the most important things that society has, and, you know... Government is inefficient at everything, so why would you want the most inefficient organization to be responsible for the most important things that society has? 
Well, we we are the watchdogs for government, whereas How's that we are not out? the watchdogs for some corporation taking over. Actually, you're exactly backwards on that. Uh, you are a watchdog really? over when, every when corporation. And I'll explain to you why, Andy. For a corporation. The, re- the reason why you're backwards on that is that uh, private corporations can't force you to pay for their services. You can at any time refuse to do business with them, but if you, you can't do that with the government. If you refuse to do business with the government, you refuse to pay the demands that they make of you, property taxes or whatever, sales tax, etc., then they come and they point guns at you, take you out out of your home, put you into a cage. Uh, Walmart doesn't have the ability to do that because no one has... The reason why is because Walmart doesn't have the aura of legitimacy around it. If Walmart were to send a crew of uh, employees to your house to point a gun at you and force you to hand over money for their operating uh, budget, then it would be outrageous to everyone who knew that that had happened, and people would be would be rightfully upset, and they would, you know, if you had defended yourself against them, they would support you in you defending yourself against that those that marauding gang of Walmart employees. But in the case of the government, when the government cops show up to your house to kick you out of your home at gunpoint because you didn't pay property taxes and you defend yourself against them, then you're seen as a crazed madman who would dare oppose the uh, the uh, the agents of the state. So you've you've actually got it backwards. I don't think everyone sees it that way. I think plenty of people realize that uh, government agencies are flawed. But when was the last time you got to vote for the head of your local corporation? I vote with my dollars. Their power does rival the government's power. If you don't think their power rivals or has has fused with the government. Well, that's, that's the issue. So it's fused. You see, they don't have power. They have money. The government has power. And the more power the government has, the more the people with money are going to want it. Every time you talk about something bad a corporation does, it does it's right there with the government. If you take the government power out of the situation, a corporation is only a group of men and women providing services to people who want them. That's isn't, all a corporation well, I, Isn't this why our society is fascist? That's what that's what a fascist society is the the the, the fusing of corporations and large corporations in the government. Right. So you're right, Andy, about the fusing. I mean, there's no there's no doubt that there's fusing, but it's the power that is granted to the corporations by the government that's the problem. No, 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 no. You have that backwards. It is when the government gets rid of regulations that the corporations gain more power, and it's when the government regulates those. You industries. are living in a those corporations. Those corporations have lobbyists that create those uh, those uh, regulations themselves. It's the corporations that are creating the the they regulations in order to, to drive small business people. It's called deregulation. Look, I understand. I understand there are a lot of problems with deregulation. I get that when corporations dereg when the government deregulates, generally they get rid of. Uh, uh, regulations that benefit big companies because the big companies have the lobbyists. But it's these uh, regulations that drive little people out of business. So they can't uh, they can't set up businesses. They have to work for the man. Just to well, give you a couple I, I of, of recent night, examples. I wanted and, to make one more point. Sure, you can do that. But to give you a couple of recent examples, there was a major tobacco bill that was passed within the last couple of years that was written basically by Philip Morris, another one uh, that, uh, that is seriously over-regulating small mom 
mom and pop toy manufacturers, the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Uh, that re- those regulations were supported by big corporations like Hasbro and Mattel. Yep. Uh, so you've again, you've got it backwards. There's the public relations about regulations, which the politicians will tell you, well, we're regulating these corporations to control them. But what's really happening is the politicians are working with the corporations yeah, they, to they go to work for those corporations the, and those lobbyist firms after they get out of office. They're it's working all a big with the trick. Cor- yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's three-card Monty, and the public keeps falling for right. it. Right. They're lying to you. They're telling you they're trying to control these corporations, when in point of fact, they're working with the corporations to control the mom-and-pop businesses and the new upstarts and innovators from getting into the business. I'll tell you what. I know you had one more point. We'll bring you back for that in a moment here. More uh, with Andy. Your thoughts as well. Welcome. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. If you think the government is ever going to control the people that have a bunch of money in this country, you're crazy. They're all, they're all working together to help one another out. The corporations help the government. That's government the hamster the corporation. wheel. We're coming up. You take control. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, and it's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything via our toll-free number at 855-450-FREE. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. By the way, you can grab a bunch of archives of Free Talk Live on our website at freetalklive.com. The archives are brought to you free as well. You can download all the way back to late 2006 free over at freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI handles accounts receivable for your business. Be it a hospital, doctor's office, bank or utility, whatever kind of business you have, SACL CAI can help you with uh, accounts receivable, collections. Um, they do early out billing. They purchase charged off receivables. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. It's SACL CAI. They've been a sponsor of Free Talk Live for a very long time. The owner there, Jason Osborne, big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live at SACL CAI. Let's continue here. Uh, we've got Andy listening in Auburn. He had one more point, so I wanted to make sure you got a chance to get that out. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah. Um, well. First of all, to finish what we were just talking about real quick. Well, you know we're not going to finish it if you if you come out with it, right? <laughs> like you can either get to, get on to your other point or you can toss down right, the gauntlet well, the and we'll go back is, at it. That's a smoking issue, okay? You got to realize <laughs> all right, how ridiculous this argument is that well, people are forced to uh people are forced against, you know, the idea of liberty to breathe methane from cars and all kinds of poisonous particulate matter. Cars produce methane? I worked in New York City, so I know what it's like. I wipe soot off my face every day. Uh-huh. All right? Therefore, and, and your argument, and this is really your argument, it's laughable that since people have to breathe car pollution, that we should not be regulating cigarette pollution? No, nope, that's not at all what anyone was saying. 
Not at all. I think that it's a strong argument, frankly. I mean, if you're going to ra- if you're going to not let people smoke cigarettes because they want to smoke cigarettes out in public where they pay for public space, then you shouldn't let them uh, drive cars that make, you know, that that you know, make pollution in public spaces too. I think that's a strong argument. Andy, I have a question for you. Um, we were we were talking about how the corporations and the government are sort of intertwined. The FDA, whenever they find a product that's on the market, like say some sort of strange garlic powder or something, and they, they find a product that's on the market that causes a person harm, what does the FDA do? Uh, don't they uh, – well, if they're operating correctly, they stop uh, the distribution of that product. Okay, but right? what? why do you think it is that they haven't stopped the – distribution of tobacco when tobacco is the most dangerous drug in the United States it because kills it kills it doesn't work it kills over 430,000 people per year almost 25 times more than all legal and illegal drugs combined so why is it that the FDA that bans these innocuous substances uh, from the market uh, you know these little mom and pop places that make these little herbal remedies why is it that the FDA bans those but allows these big companies to sell cigarettes it is absurd. I, well, I, first of all, I don't think cigarettes are listed under their jurisdiction. I don't think they're considered. Uh, Actually, they are now. They are. Yep. They, they specifically are. And uh, that was know. one of the the rule changes that happened yes. recently because of Philip Morris. Yes. So now I think it's, it's just sociology. There's, they realize this won't work. We're going to have to come at it from another angle. You know, the FDA is going after the e-cigarette, the e-cigarette, look, you know, the FDA is going after the e-cigarette where they won't go after um, regular cigarettes. Yeah, well, it's it's an absurd. Why do you think that is? Who knows? Maybe I because men with money will buy men with power every oh, single because time. Because the corporations are very, very well invested in politicians, and they're not invested, and in the politicians aren't invested in the vapor division or the e-cigarette business. I thank you, Andy, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. And by the way, the point about the cars wasn't to be taken seriously. Mark, you're not advocating that cars be banned because they spew stuff out the back but it was just a point that you were making to juxtapose against the ban of you know the idea of banning smoking and how absurd it is that somebody could be outside and say that is offensive smell well i don't like to smell i don't like to smell people will claim that well they they don't they claim that it's a health hazard they they claim that one whiff of secondhand smoke could very well kill me where (laughs) i stand and that's what the claim is and it that is patently absurd and if one's going to make that claim the fact is carbon monoxide is a far bigger killer um it's far more dangerous than the the fumes that you get from tobacco right. smoke our only point about you smoking, can smoke, you can you can uh, suck on a tailpipe of a car and be dead inside of a couple of minutes you yeah. suck on a cigarette it's going to take you 40 years the solution to this seems so simple private property people decide right. on their own property that's all our solution is that's exactly <laughs> it's very simple it doesn't have to be convoluted with each, all these agencies each and, business owner whether it be bar owner or apartment building owner or whomever, each per- person, each property owner sets yep. their own policy based on what their customers want. And if you don't like it, you can go somewhere and else. Business Let's... owners own the sidewalk out in front of their business. They, so they decide what happens outside on the sidewalk. Ideally, in front of their they business. should. Let's talk to uh, David. It's not that way, though, in many places. No, but they should. They should. Right. Let's talk suggestion. to David listening in Washington to KBAI in Bellingham. Hey, David. Hi. Hey. What's uh, on your mind? Uh, on the subject of marijuana, uh, my own experience may be uh, interesting. I was in the Army, and I was 19 years old, and I uh, went to Vietnam, had never heard of marijuana, 
had never even smoked a cigarette. And I'd been in Vietnam about six weeks, and I overheard a buddy talking about a, an individual who had received an Article 15 because he got caught with marijuana in his duffel bag. I thought, well, that's interesting. I've never heard of it. What is marijuana? You know, I asked somebody, oh, you can get that stuff out in the Ville, you know. So I said, let's go out in the Ville and check it out. You know, we went out in the Ville. What is the Ville? Bought a few joints. Pardon? What is the Ville? The Village. Okay, Village. Yeah. And <clears throat> I never smoked it. And I've tried it. Yeah, nice. You know, I think I'll, you know, get some more of this later and try it again. <laughs> and I ended up smoking marijuana for about a year, almost every day for a year. And then I re-enlisted. I went to Korea. I smoked some of that green, uh, homegrown stuff they had in Korea. Then, and uh, then I went to Germany, and I smoked hashish for four years, almost daily. And, and this uh, whole time you're in the military? Oh, yes. And, and <laughs> hey, I, hey, apparently uh, that threat of the Article 15 didn't stop you either. Hey, Dave. Uh, uh, my... it, it sparked my curiosity to the point that I became you know, a, a steady user, a regular daily user, during the time I was in the military. Dave, my, my father uh, was in the Air Force, and he was stationed in V-Spot in Germany. And he told me this story that um, they got uh, an order from headquarters in D.C. that they were going to really crack down on the marijuana usage that was going on uh, in Germany during the Vietnam War. And so these people came from the States, uh, these Air Force intelligence agents or special agents, and he told me that they found so much marijuana and hashish in the barracks where the air police were stationed <laughs> that they that they had to absolutely stop and just tr- turn away because they didn't even make it to the normal troops. <laughs> the, the police had so much marijuana, they just had to stop. Oh, yeah, the entire police force on McCord Air Force Base, Washington, was dismissed because of marijuana. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Great story, David. Anything else you want to share? Yeah, well, I retired from the Army. <laughs> and I went overseas, and uh, I went to Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, Philippines, and uh, Okinawa. I, I smoked marijuana every day. It's a marijuana <laughs> world tour, baby. Thanks, David. Appreciate Thank it, Thank you man. for your service. <laughs> 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number. Let's go to Andy listening to WMTM in Moultrie, Georgia. Hello, Andy. How y'all doing tonight? Super. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was listening to the conversation a while ago about you're talking about the kids and drinking, and uh, my view on that is if these youngins can go down to the recruiter's office, sign a little paper, and go overseas and fight and die for our country, they should be allowed to go to any bar they want to and sit down and order a beer. Not only can they go to the recruiter and do that? They can be forced to do it by the selective service system. So these people can be basically sold into slavery to the government, but they can't have a beer. Sad. Andy, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. Only a few moments remain here. Enough time for you and your thoughts. You may make the call now at 855-1-855-450-3733. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. 
Still time for you, your thoughts, if you make the call now. It's a live Saturday edition. We're here Thanksgiving weekend. Mark, you're going to be doing your Sunday show tomorrow. That's right. Like everything as normal. Uh, so if you don't get in tonight, you're certainly welcome to call tomorrow night. Do this. We do this thing seven nights a week. So you can join us, of course, online at freetalklive.com. Our phone number is toll free. It's brought to you by SACL CAI, the number 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, it's the holiday season. That means you can get your shopping done. Yeah, you could go out to the stores and deal with the hassles and the fights and the pepper sprayings and the you know crazy parking situations, the angry clerks. You know, you deal angry customers. You want to deal with all that? That's your business. But if you'd like to stay at home or in your office and get all your shopping taken care of, you can do it in one fell swoop. Just head on over to shop.freetalklive.com. We've got links to Amazon and Newegg there. And when you link uh, link in through Am- the Amazon links, Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price there. And also, uh, if you go to the Newegg links, then, uh, then the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund will get a portion of your purchase price from that store. So go to shop.freetalklive.com. You get all kinds of stuff. And they don't have everything, but they've got a whole lot. And they get free Super Saver shipping on a lot of their brand new products over at Amazon. Plus, it's the same great Amazon experience that you're used to. You're just uh, you're just going in through our portal, basically. So Free Talk Live gets credit for every single sale. It's the holiday season. Get your shopping done at shop.freetalklive.com. Yeah, shop.freetalklive.com, the best place to do your fell swooping. We've been uh, hearing about the new digital currency, Bitcoin. If you've been listening to Free Talk Live, you sure have. But obtaining it has been tricky up to this point. Crypto exchange is the fastest and safest way to buy and sell your Bitcoins. They also offer complete a complete bullion store. You can uh, buy gold and silver there privately with Bitcoin. If you're totally clueless about what the Bitcoin currency is, go and listen to the archive of uh, last Saturday's show at uh, archives.freetalklive.com. But They've got their crypto exchange, a 24-hour customer service. Just hit the uh, their uh, visit their site and click the live support link at the top. You can see crypto exchanges banner posted at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. It's again, it's bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. Jack is listening in Michigan. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Brad, Jardis, hey, and Mark. Hey, uh, uh, great program. Thanks. And, uh, what do you want to share tonight? <laughs> well, you. You uh, hit a nerve with me earlier about the lobbyists and the subterfuge collusion that is uh, so pervasive in government. Uh, the Wall Street gangster gangster bailout of 08 is a classic example because uh, I, I essentially, although I don't have the the actual voting record. Uh, of Congress that approved the Wall Street bailout. It was almost all of them. I guess because because Paulson said it wasn't about uh, Wall Street, it was about Main Street. And and so now we watch the systematic dismantling of Main Street even greater than it was prior to that. My God, did politicians lie to us? Yeah. Can you believe right. this? Then, They're elected to tell well, us the truth. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and so what I'm getting at here is I, I think all debt is contractual, and it's presumed to be a valid contract, including what 
what happened with the Wall Street banker gangsters' uh, gambling activities uh, involving collateralized debt obligations, credit default swaps, derivatives, and I'm not sure I even understand or comprehend what those all are. But I'm not sure they do. Well, what I've heard from this guy, uh, Webster Tarpley, whom I think you've probably heard of on Genesis, uh, and also another guy by the name of Greg Hunter, uh, was at USA Watchdog. So you got tarpley.net, usawatchdog.com. Uh, and they say, and others say, that these these things are not valid debt obligations because they're intrinsically fraudulent. What things? I'm and, sorry. What what are not valid? Uh, you know, the credit the credit default swaps, collateralized debt obligations, derivatives, they're intrinsically fraudulent. But I mean, even, even who's, who's obligated, though? I mean, who's obligated to pay for those? Well, that's just it. Uh, it the bankers are responsible, and they're, they're saying, oh, the the, the dumb people of Greece, they're so lazy that, you know, they, I mean, isn't this preposterous? I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a, a per, some bizarre theatrical. Well, the whole system is fraudulent. I mean, the, the whole monetary system is based on fraud. The, the money, the money itself is evidence of debt. I mean, your, your yeah. Federal Reserve notes are not, it's not real money. There's nothing backing it. It's actually a, it's a debt note. And every single, from what I understand, the way the system is set up, if they were to ever actually pay off the national debt, that every Federal Reserve note would would go away because the dollar bills, any any right. any green piece of paper. Yeah, thank you for for, for clarifying. Because that. the coins are made by the U.S. Mint, which is actually the U.S. government. So if the U.S. government wanted to pay off the 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 Federal Reserve, which is the the loan the the lender of last resort, they could make to. Uh, you know, $3 trillion coins and hand them over. But for- they don't want to pay off the Federal Reserve because, as you said, they're the lender of last resort. So whenever they've got treasury bonds or whatever that they want to that they want to sell, if nobody else will buy them, then the Federal Reserve will just print up whatever money that they need to uh, to buy them. And then on top of that, there's the extra fraud. I mean, there's fraud all over the place. The, you know, the dollar itself is fraudulent. But on top of that, uh, each bank gets to loan out nine times as much money as they actually have in deposits. And, you know, they're, they're not telling you that when you go bank with them from from what i understand the reason why this whole economic collapse happened was because the glass steagall act that was passed in the 30s was repealed so then all of a sudden investment banks and uh you know lending banks could could uh could sell these credit default swaps yep. but investments know, right and the market would have corrected itself when these guys got caught and all this stuff went down but the market couldn't correct itself because it's corrupt and because the government steps in and says, oh, we'll take care of it. We'll, you know, we'll pay for this. We'll give you money. And if, if you know you're never going to fail, you have no incentive to do anything correctly in the first place. No doubt about it. Jack, any final thoughts? Oh, guys, that was great. Uh, how do we, <laughs> you know, I've even heard, I don't know if you've ever heard this. I, I've, I've actually looked at a check and, you know, on the, line where you sign your autograph that says in miniature dot matrix authorized signature i'm thinking what i heard about the promissory note that everyone signs at the time of the so-called loan agreement that the promissory note literally becomes the currency 
It's, uh, it's, the it's true, credit, as I understand uh, it. When um, you sign for a loan, for instance, you're essentially authorizing the bank to create money out of thin air based on uh, your your name, as I understand it. And then when you pay that loan back, uh, the, that money disappears from the system. So that's why they want well, a bunch of outstanding loans. They want a bunch of people in debt because it inflates the, uh, the you know the, it inflates the money supply and it, it helps the banks well, out. And hey, thanks, Jack, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. And I don't claim to have a total grasp on all this stuff. I don't know it's what half dizzying. of those things are. Yeah. Well, they make it that way to, you know, to exclude folks from under, from comprehending. Right. I mean, well, you know, uh, what better way to, uh, you know, what better way to, to rip people off than to confuse them about the money system? Money should be something of value. That's the end of the story. And the fact is that the United States currency and no currency in the world that I know of is backed up with something of value. It is not something of value. It is a That's piece right. of paper that a government says, this is money. And, you know, that's the end of the story. One eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. But what about solutions? What about monetary solutions? I mean, it's easy to look at the problems and see. Well, the Federal Reserve is a big problem. Uh, I mean, so saying end the Fed. That's obviously an easy thing to do. But what do you put in its place? In place of the Federal Reserve? Yeah. Ron Paul, and who's probably one of the experts in, in the United States on this issue, suggested as far as... Certainly uh, the, the only one in the government that uh, has any kind of comprehension In his on this. book, In the Fed, that uh, the United States government allow competition in currency. And that would be the way that... Um, you mean instead of going around arresting their competition like they did with Bernard von Nothaus from yeah, Liberty Dollar? Es- essentially allowing people to deal in gold and silver. Um, or whatever. Or, or bitcoins. Right. Or whatever it is that they want to do as far as currency. I've been using bitcoins recently and uh, I've been using gold and silver to pay people as best I can. Yep. I mean, these are the, I, I think it make a nice team actually, gold, silver and uh, and bitcoin. Bitcoins I, are nice uh, for the internet. I think bitcoins are uh, a, a huge uh, threat to the legitimacy of the federal government. And oh, yeah. it, I've gone on the Silk Road website and um, I mean, you can buy firearms, you can buy drugs, and it's all completely untraceable. And there, and you know, I've thought about this, and I can't see any way that they can that they could stop it. It's peer to peer, no, no centralized server, it. and it really must piss them off. Which is one of the most <laughs> fun parts about Bitcoin is it's it's completely untouchable. There is no central location for them to raid. We use coins.com so we can go to learn more about yep. Bitcoin. And uh, Brad, thanks for coming in tonight. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Brad. And we'll see you tomorrow. Mark will, at least. He'll be doing the Sunday show. You can talk to him then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.